Welcome to another exciting episode of the Start Down Podcast. I am your host, Mike Pacara. Excited to have you here. Um, and I always say exciting. It's like it's like my go-to word. Uh, today, though, we are joining a CAO Italia on the episode. I got my Italia sweatshirt on uh, from Hardcore Italian. So go to hardcoreitalians.com, use the code Mike Vicara, and you will get a discount. Um, they're not sponsoring the show. I'm just, I am an affiliate of theirs, but I, I really enjoy them and enjoy what they do. So want to share that with you. But speaking of being Italian, speaking of being an affiliate, speaking of cigars and hoodies and and you know what's an old man thing? What's a young man thing? You know what, what's young? What's old? What's 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 mature? What's immature? You know, uh, as you look, you know, if you're if you're watching the video on this behind me, or trinkets on my shelves, everything from pictures of my family to the book I wrote to to toys uh, you can't see but above me, or, or video games. I got video games in my office. It's like, what is it? What does it mean to be young, and what does it mean to be old? And I want to talk about this a little bit at from the entrepreneurial perspective because uh, I recently turned forty three years old. May fourteenth was my birthday. I had my birthday. Um, Fell on Mother's Day this year, so a little interesting because combined with the Mother's Day activities, it was a little bit of both. And I wanted to talk today about, you know, just what it means to be a young entrepreneur versus an older, I don't want to say old, older (laughs) entrepreneur, kind of a mid-range 40-ish entrepreneur because it's different, right? And I've been kind of doing this entrepreneur thing. Uh, you know, since my my thirties, uh, you know, in in my early thirties, and I and I was seen as kind of a young kid. And then even some of the startups I worked, with, we had kids that were in their twenties, uh, and and they were still peers because like they were in their you know mid to late twenties, and I was in my early thirties, so there was still that peer aspect there, still built young. But as I'm getting into my forties, things are a little bit different, right? Um, if you can see, right, a little bit of the gray hair, despite some of the hair dye that I use, uh, you know, turning into that gray haired expert, if you will. Um, seen as an authority, uh, sometimes because I am and because I've done a lot of different things in my entrepreneurial career and sometimes just because I'm old. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about what, what that means and, and, and what it means to be an older entrepreneur, right? I don't, I don't think I'm in my sixties or seventies and, uh, actually today's Tuesday after this podcast, I'm going to have lunch with my dad, him and I have lunch together every Tuesday and he's turning 70. Uh, and it's interesting. He says, I don't know, like 70 feels like I can't say I'm young anymore. He goes, every year I felt young, but 70s, uh, the first one I can't see that I'm younger, but him also very entrepreneurial in his spirit, things that he's done. Uh, also an author and a great inspiration to me. If you listen to the podcast or, or read a book, uh, speaking of that, as we approach our 200th episode, I have a really special guest coming out for the 200th. Uh, but my dad was my guest for the 100th episode. I thought that was really important to have him on. And like I said, if you listen to the podcast, you know that. So I uh, want to talk about what it means to be an older entrepreneur. And, and I guess the question I would pose uh, and, and you can hit me up on social media in the comments below if I posted about this is, am, am I old, right? Am I old? <laughs> am I considered an older entrepreneur, a seasoned entrepreneur, a veteran entrepreneur? And more importantly, what makes a seasoned or veteran entrepreneur, right? Because we know, I mean, I've known people that, that aren't even, you know, 25 yet and maybe grown and sold a business or not even 25 yet. Uh, and they failed, 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 succeeded in a business. Are they a seasoned entrepreneur? Is it a dollar amount? Is it when you made a million dollars? It's when you sold a business. Is it when you made $10 million? Like what makes someone a successful entrepreneur, or is it sustainability? Uh, you know, it's funny. I was just watching a live, uh, you know, with a friend of mine, Caleb and Natalia, who congratulations, they just got married. Uh, they've been been a guest on the show before uh, twice, actually. Natalia's been on twice, uh, and they just got married. Great entrepreneurial couple. Uh, they do a lot of amazing things. Uh, and, and they have a gentleman on who was talking about uh, a successful business he had, you know, had it open for years, sold it, uh, and then reinvested all the money he made in that business. I think he said he made like 300000 reinvested that money in another business, and that business failed, um, and he lost all the money. So, you know, and, and it reminds me, too, of a lot of the entrepreneurs I've been around, and especially when I was younger, a lot of the seasoned entrepreneurs I were around, there were some people that had one win, right? They had done some, one thing really good, maybe had three or four sustained years of that one thing, and that was what they hung their hat on, if you will, right? 
That was what they uh, touted as, hey, look, look what I did here. And ever since that one big win, kind of, you know, think of an athlete. They won the World Series. They won a Super Bowl. And because they won one, they went around to other teams and were able to get paid more money to be average, which is something I want to talk about in a second. Uh, but but that's what I saw. Then there were more seasoned entrepreneurs who were just, you know, Chronicle had, had a lot of wins. I mean, I've talked about this before. I had Wayne Heisinga invest in one of the, the first startups I ever worked for. Wayne Heisinga invested in that. Um, when I was with another startup, Pass the Notes, uh, we partnered with NEC and Konica Minolta and, and other companies, uh, uh, not Hope Mifflin, uh, Hardcore, but we, we partnered with Voyager Silver's Learning, uh, you know, very entrepreneurial group there. So got to meet a lot of great entrepreneurial people. And one of the things that, that I've always questioned is, and, and this is something I've struggled with personally, right? This is something on an identity standpoint of like, Man, like, am I, am I really like, you know, cause I, I, I think for the last 10 years I've identified myself as an entrepreneur, but am I, am I any good at this? And, you know, imposter syndrome, definitely no question about that. Um, am I an entrepreneur? Like, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? Uh, you know, it's just, it's a question of what does success look like as an entrepreneur and how do you gauge someone as a successful entrepreneur? So I want to dig into that a little bit. Uh, and what that means, because I don't think it's always the thing. And I think it's changing, right? Let me, let me, let me say that. I think what makes a successful entrepreneur, the, the measuring stick is no longer what it was the last 20 years. I think in this next 20 years, uh, if we look at it from 2000 to 2020, I think what made a successful entrepreneur was someone who was, you know, looking at, I guess, if they were in a tech startup or if they did something that was new or innovative or was, you know, where they went to a web thing, uh, you know, successful entrepreneurs for the last 20 years were people who were involved in tech. That was a big aspect of it and disrupting right disrupting meant you were successful entrepreneur that's a big measuring stick of what made a successful entrepreneur was were you disrupting were you were you making things different were you doing things were you you know i mean you look at facebook microsoft dell uh instagram you know everything that's under the meta umbrella if you will um uber uh, all these things that have come out over the last 20 years these were what were seen as successful startups and entrepreneurs because they were disruptive right these were and, and these were the goliaths right let's start with that these are the goliaths if you look at someone who was a little bit bigger, right, like maybe people weren't doing this, we have people that have cracked the funnel industry, coaching industries, different things like that, six and seven figure earners selling a course online, drop shipping on Amazon. These were the successful entrepreneurs. Once again, I think it came to, you know, were you making an impact, right? So the first indicator for the last 20 years were, were you making an impact? Were you doing something that changed our society? If you did, and, and you grew that to be a big business, that was a successful entrepreneur. Second measuring stick, I think, over the last 20 years was if you, did something that made a million dollars. You were successful, or or more, you were a successful entrepreneur. That six and seven figure earner thing, right? Because I think even the six figure didn't matter. But if you made a million, uh, you were a successful entrepreneur. I think those are the two big measuring sticks of success over the last 20 years. If we look moving forward, I think that's going to change, right? I think that's going to change. And the way that's going to change, and I think some of this has still been a measuring stick in the previous is, number one, have you been able to duplicate that success more than once? I think the one-hit entrepreneurs or the one-hit wonders, if you will, or like I said, that guy that won the one Super Bowl that was able to go a bunch of average teams to make a little bit of money are going to have a much harder time, right? Uh, and not because of anything else, but they're going to be saturated. There's just going to be more of them. I think the idea of how to make six figures on the internet is easy. I've, I've said this and I'll say this again. If you're making between, I'd say, forty dollars and $75,000 a year, it is very easy for you to quit your job today and replace that income in 90 days. Very easy to do. You can quit your job today, replace a forty-five dollars to $75,000 a year job. Very easy. A little bit of hustle, a little bit of studying online, 
Uh, and I think you'd even get more time back in your life. If you want to make, let's say, a hundred and you know, $100,000 to, let's say, $250,000, a little bit more difficult, but doable, I think, in six to 12 months. I think anyone in six to 12 months can create a, a $100,000 business in, in, in the online space. Very easy to do. Once again, there's videos on this. There's funnels. There's courses. People admire people's expertises. Uh, you know, very easy to do. I think from the 250 to the million dollars on, much harder. I think that's a three to five year run for a lot of people. Um, and then we go from there, right? We go up from there. I think the difficulty changes in, in what you're going to be able to do and where you're going to be able to be at. So the idea of what makes an, a successful entrepreneur is going to change. And I, and I think that criteria is going to change in, have you been able to do it more than once? Have you been able to duplicate it? And more importantly, is it something that benefits businesses in the immediate, right? I think this magic potion if you will, of success or this magic potion of making six or seven figures a year is done. It's dead. It's gone. It's it's no longer going to be around. I think it's going to be uh, something that we're going to start to see to disappear and start to see going out. So I think it's it, it, it's going to be a big difference and it's going to be something that, that we're going to see change. So if we look at, like I said, to kind of get back to the original point of the seasoned entrepreneur, what makes them successful, right? As a 42-year-old, if I walk into a room now with, you know, 23 to 30-year-olds who are, who are, uh, entrepreneurial mindsets want to start their own businesses. And I get to do some, you know, mentoring through JA. I've had uh, one or two opportunities to do that. I hope to do more in the upcoming year. Um, I'm thinking on an intern this summer, which I'm excited about. And she's an engineering person, very smart. I, I actually hope to have her on the podcast. And I asked her, like, why'd you pick me? Like, you seem to want to go an engineering path and all that. She goes, well, I saw you and wanted to learn what does it take to be successful in business, which was A, very humbling, and B, uh, like, oh, shit, like, I got to really teach you something. <laughs> I hope I do this right. Um but I think one of the things to see, and and I see this, and I don't want to knock young people, right? I don't want to knock millennials or Gen Z or whatever you want to say, um, you know, and 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 me as I think a, a Gen Xer, uh, and you know, born in 1980, uh, you know, and I think whenever you're young, whenever in your 20s, it's exciting because you start to to leave the the nest, if you will, you you start to to sort of you know maybe you're living on your own for the first time, or you got your own family, or you, you just got married, right? So things in your 20s, I think, are exciting. The ball, you know, was moving very quickly. I always said it's very hard for me to turn 30 uh, because I felt like, well, there's no more milestones, right? Like the only big things, like when, when you're in your 20s, like you graduate college, you, you you get married, you have a kid for the first time, you can rent a car, like all these things happen. Then when you hit 30, it's just like, what's the next milestone? 40. Um, so I think there was this cool stuff, which isn't true, by the way, uh, but that's, that's an episode for another day. But I, I think the idea of it is, as you're in these rooms, it's important to understand that you are no longer the smartest person in the room. And I, I think the older you get, the easier that is to understand because you learn that, hey, when I came out of my 20s, why I felt like the young gun or, or someone just kind of, you know, shooting, shooting from the hip, if you will, or doing great things. The idea of it is, is that you can then become, uh, you have to learn more, right? And, and sometimes that cockiness or, or, or that, I guess, arrogance, if you will, uh, will make you a little bit I think susceptible uh, to failure, right? And I think even people that I saw that maybe went way ahead of me in my twenties and did much more great things. When I look back at it and I say, "Man, what did they do?" I think they listened more. Uh, I think they didn't boast more. They didn't have to show off more. And a lot of that was was I think me. And I talk about this in my book: my insecurities of never being successful in school and never ever being able to do those things. Sometimes I felt like I had to overcompensate, if you will, uh, and what it meant to be successful and what that looked like. So I think. The first thing to realize, and I think this is good if you're an older seasoned entrepreneur uh, or if you're a young entrepreneur, is always know you're not the smartest person in the room. And don't try to be. Nobody likes that person anyway, right? No one likes the guy that's that's the biggest jackass and talking about everything that he knows. 
you know, no one, no one has to be the smartest person in the room. And I, and I think you have to realize that because there's so much you could learn from everybody, people who are younger than you, people who are on your level and people who are older than you, there's still now so much to learn. So I think that's a nice thing about being in this, in this 42 slot, if you opening the closer, uh, <laughs> and if you get that reference, I love you, um, is that now you're able to, by, by being, you know, kind of an entrepreneur in your forties, you're able to learn from so many people on both ends. So you understand that, Hey, the young people have a lot to offer because they know, more of the trends, they're 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 they pick things up quicker. They're on the cutting edge usually of what's going on. But you could still have that seasoned entrepreneurs in in their sixties and seventies and even their fifties that you could learn from and look to for mentorship on what were some of the old school methods that are still relevant today that work. So I think it's a great place to be in, uh, especially being in your forties. An entrepreneur in your forties, there's so many people to learn from, and and there's so many people to pick from now to learn from. I think when you're in your twenties, you're scared uh, to add. Even in your thirties, you're scared to ask the older entrepreneurs because you don't want to seem weak. You don't want to seem dumb. You don't want to seem like you don't know anything. In your 40s, you're like, I, I, listen, I know what I know, and I and I don't know what I don't know. Um, and, and I could ask older people, and they're going to appreciate you for that humbleness. And and with younger people, they're going to look for you and be like, no, I think you're the expert in this. Help me with this. Um, there's those opportunities there. The biggest thing I want to talk about, though, is, and, and this is something that I don't think a lot of people do talk about. I think as you get older in your 40s and 50s and 60s, more people will be willing to pay you more money to be average. So as you get older, more people will be willing to pay you more money to be average. We talked about replacing that $75,000 or $100,000 a year salary. It's much easier to do as you get older because more people will look at your experience and be willing to pay you money. And you could be average and almost get away with it, right? So you can almost like hit that level of success that you would have wanted in your 20s to have that maybe you didn't achieve. You could get that in your 40s and it could feel good, but it's really average. It's really not the pinnacle of where you should be at. And you're really getting paid just based on age, experience, and staying there and being in that place. And, and I don't know why more people don't talk about this because I think what happens then is when you get to that point, it's 25-year-old you at 40, 45 years old getting paid the 100 grand, 250 grand you wish you could have gotten in your 20s. And now you feel like you made it. When really you probably should be further ahead from where you are, but it's going to feel good because now it's going to open doors and opportunities and expenses. And you know what? It may also make you realize, wait, I am happy and satisfied being at this place. I am happy and satisfied being at this number, but you will get paid more money just for being older. And there's good and bad with that because good is you can command that salary. You can command that amount as a consultant. You can command that amount when you come into to, to work with a business if you want equity or things like that because of your age. It gives you the authority to ask for that. But the bad is you can get it. And, and the problem is a lot of times people will get that with that seniority or that age or that number, and they won't want to work hard towards where they want to go. They won't want to work hard when they get in that position because they get comfortable. Right. And and listen, how do I know this? Because I've done it. I'm guilty of it in some ways. Um, but but I need to I, I it's one of the things I'm very aware of because now when I've asked for that price tag where I asked for 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 certain amounts of money when I was in my 30s, even or uh you know, or even uh you know, when I was in my 20s, I would have never even asked for that money, but now I could ask for it. And and when my 30s I got pushed back, well, we don't know if you have the experience there, people don't even bat an eye. They don't bat an eye. And it's up to me to deliver on that, though, right? Because they're they're paying you because of your experience and expertise and time, not necessarily what you delivered on, which goes back to my original point. What makes someone successful? Is this because they tried something a bunch of times? And I see a lot of entrepreneurs talking about this because, well, I've tried it. I've done this. 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 And they and they basically rattle off their resume, uh, entrepreneurs in their 40s and 50s. But no one's asking, them, well, wait a second, what, what all those things you did, though, what were you successful at? Like, what were the wins in there? 
It's almost like saying I played in the NFL. Which teams did you play for? Well, I played for the Dolphins and I played for Tampa Bay and I played for the Rams and I played for the, the Browns. Did you did you win any games? Did you get any playing time? Did you did you win a Super Bowl ring with any of those teams? So we don't ask that as entrepreneurs. We just look at the resume and we're like, ooh, you played in the NFL. Um, and I've seen this even with my kids as they've gone into the sports, right? You meet these guys and and they're great guys and they they kind of made it to the cusp of the NFL or they played in the NFL for a couple of years uh, and now they're coaching and training people to help get them to the next level. And there's nothing wrong with that too. I, I'm not knocking that. I don't, I don't want to get the impression that I'm knocking that because there is something to say for the trailblazers who have been there and haven't been able to make it because what you can do is, especially as a younger entrepreneur or as an entrepreneur in your 40s, if there's someone that has that long list of resume but never got the wins, you can listen to them. Once again, you don't need to be the smartest person in the room. You can listen to them and learn, not make some of those mistakes and go down that path that much faster. It's a shortcut, if you will, a shortcut to where you need to go. It's a shortcut to where you need to enter in and, and you kind of need to be at. The other thing I want to talk about with, with kind of that idea of averages, I think a lot of people will think too, is it too late to get started or too late to change your mind or too late to, to change direction? And I think what entrepreneurs in their 40s, they've been doing it for a while, like I've been at this for almost 12 years now, um, is I'm not afraid to try new things and start new ventures, but people don't see that as a bad thing for me because they're like, well, you're an entrepreneur, that makes sense. You should be doing that. You should be trying new things because that's what we expect of you. But even if you're in your 40s and you're not an entrepreneur, maybe you had a job for your entire life or you had a career. Um, and, and I see this a lot with people in law enforcement uh, or firefighters, right? People that can retire in their 40s and 50s and then they go on and they start a second career. It's never too late. It's never too late to move into an entrepreneurial realm. We're, we're kind of okay with entrepreneurs doing it. Like if I if I came out today and said, hey, and I did this last year, oh, I'm starting a cigar company. Everyone's like, oh, that's a great idea. But I had a full-time job that was stable and I said, I'm leaving my full-time job at XYZ company with a six-figure salary and a 401k and a pension and all this stuff. And I said I was going to start a cigar company. People look at me like I had two heads. But because I they see me as an entrepreneur, like, oh, that's a good idea. I don't understand the difference. I don't I don't think there's a difference. I think if, if you want, you could start now. I think that person in the corporate job that's been in there for 20 years, that's making the the mid, you know, mid to high six-figure salary that has a 401k and a pension and all these different things is in a better position actually than I am to go start a cigar company, but I'm just dumb enough to do it because I've always been in the entrepreneurial space. So it's never too late to get started. It's never too late to move forward. It's never too late to move ahead. So as we close out here, what I want to kind of leave you with is in a, you know, kind of the thought, and I want to put the thought in your head that you don't need to always uh, a have a seasoned entrepreneur on your team. And I'm saying that as an outsourced COO who's pulled in on a lot of young teams. Um, but if you do, be very careful of who you bring in and ask them questions, right? Because I think just because they're older and have the experience, think of what you want to get out of them. What is what is the value you want them to bring to your organization? Um, you know, like I said, if you're, uh, I have an education background, obviously. So if you're starting an education company, and you want to bring in a, a seasoned educational entrepreneur into your organization because they have sales connections and they understand how how to work with school districts and the payment processing and and how to leverage financing because there's usually a 90 to 120 day period between the period that you need to ship the product to the school and the period you get a check in your hand. If you want to do those things, yes, bring in a seasoned entrepreneur, right? Um, but if you're just bringing in a sales guy that's jumped around from 20 different educational companies because you want access to his Rolodex, I got to warn you that that seasoned salesperson that's just been a salesperson that maybe also labels themselves an entrepreneur. Let's get nothing wrong with that. Uh, they may just have a Rolodex of people. You got to remember if they're in their 50s or 60s, everyone that they know or they make connections with, odds are they're retiring or they're moving out or they're, or, or they're on their way out. You may want to get a seasoned sales veteran in their like mid 30s to mid 40s because they're going to have a more recent Rolodex. And if you don't know what a Rolodex is, I'm an old man. That means contacts or leads. <laughs> 
So, um, wow, I'm really, see, I really am aging myself as being the old man, the Rolodex. So I think it's important when you look at bringing in that seasoned or veteran entrepreneur or the gray hair entrepreneur to help your young company, make sure you know what the goal and the objective of them are. Make sure you're asking questions. Why am I bringing this person in? What are they going to do? And how can they help? And more importantly, especially as a young entrepreneur, you got to make sure it's someone you're comfortable with, right? Because you don't want them parenting you, for lack of a better term, or, or feeling like because they're older than you, they can boss you around or or they should be the CEO. Um, and in some cases, you know, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, the Victory Podcast is an entrepreneur podcast, Action Park Media, Kevin Conley, who runs it, uh, he's bringing in the CEO to run the company. Sometimes you need to do that. And you just have to be okay with that, though. And understand where the collaboration, understand where the lines are, understand where you want things to be. And I think that's the most important thing to do uh, when looking at that. So as we get older, uh, or if you're listening to this and you're a younger entrepreneur, if you're an older entrepreneur, don't be afraid. Let me start there. If you're an older entrepreneur, don't be afraid to either A, ask for your value. Don't be intimidated by the knowledge of other people. I mean, it always amazes me. And, and I think we got to stop saying this, especially, listen, if you're, if you're in your 40s, you should not be saying this. I'm not comfortable with technology or I don't understand technology. That's like saying I can't read. You need to stop saying that, okay? What you need to do, though, is say, hey, this is what I do know. This is what I'm good at. How can I help you or how can I understand this or how can we grow? And most people that say they're not good at technology, too, I've seen that they're amazing. Um, but but understand, if you're going into a younger entrepreneurial company, don't be intimidated by that. Um, and more importantly, you know, sometimes there's there's a lot of opportunities for seasoned entrepreneurs to get together in their 40s and 50s. You know, if you're not sure of things, you know, now's a great time to feel out and bring a team together, right? Um, you know, the, the old timers game, if you will, at Yankee Stadium. I mean, you know, the, the, these old dogs can still hunt, as they say. Uh, so it may not be a bad idea to get that group of people together. But, you know, it's always important to look at a mix, too. I think if you're in your 40s or 50s and you ever thought about entrepreneurs, you're an entrepreneur, you can really, you know, put together a dream team, you know. Um, and, you know, even looking at the NBA finals, I know um, LeBron and them got eliminated as the Lakers and I'm, a, I'm in Miami. So obviously, as, as the Heat, you're looking at you got Udonis Haslam on the bench. You got LeBron on the bench. You got these guys that have been in the league forever. They're not only playing in the game, they're coaching the other players. They're coaching the younger kids on the team. They're they're and and the coach that is there is not intimidated by them, who's sometimes older than them or the same age as them, uh, is, is including them in that process. So it's that collaboration that looks at where you're coaching up your young talent, you're finding the experience of the people in your 40s and 50s that you can work with that can also coach and and, and be a part of the team and bring solutions. And then it's looking at the veteran leadership you have in your organization and saying, hey, how can we leverage that? If you're doing that, I guarantee you, as we move into the recession or whatever we're moving into next, you will be successful. It's not about finding one group. It's about finding this diverse group of talent now. And being an entrepreneur in your 40s and 50s, you have such amazing opportunity now to find young talent that can do amazing things, find veteran talent that can guide you and, and not have you make some of the mistakes of old, and really do something amazing. So if you're sitting on the fence, if you're not sure what to do, I, I take the leap, man. Just take the leap. Go out there. Do it. Um, and, and do that great things. And, and I guess I leave you with this. So, so once again, I'm going to ask the question, am I a young entrepreneur and I'm an old entrepreneur? Let me know. I'd, I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. I got to thank all the guests we've been having on too. Amazing guests. Everyone's been enjoying it. Uh, so be sure if, if you're listening to this solo episode, check out some of the previous episodes we've had here. Make sure that you subscribe uh, because we will have some great guests moving forward. Um, and I got to ask for, I don't like asking for it, but they say this when you do a podcast. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. I would appreciate that if you're listening to this. It would mean the world to me. Uh, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or if you're listening on Spotify, leave it on Spotify Podcasts. Uh, but leaving a review means a lot. Following me on social media means a lot. At Mike Fikera on all social media platforms. I would really appreciate that. So for more great episodes like this, tune into the startdown.com. For more about me, MikeFikera.com. 
And whether you're young, old, or not sure, <laughs> I hope you have a great one.